Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be... Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Ted Jones World Podcast. I am your host, Ted Jones, by myself here today. And uh, today... We have a very lovely guest via video chat, TV fashion and lifestyle expert, Sydney Stadick, and the author of this book here, Aim High. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it over her left shoulder. Sydney, how are you? I'm great. I'm also very alone as well. <laughs> so Okay, so are you you're at your you're at your parents' house in Long Island right now? Yes, I'm in the Hamptons with them, but when I say alone, to me alone is not being with my friends, not being in the city that I'm used to being. Like, I feel like I'm living in Schitt's Creek. The Hamptons is the new Schitt's Creek. <laughs> how, how long have you, you been there? You've been there since March? I've been here since March. I've gone back to the city, I would say three times since and not until August. But I feel like my life has totally transitioned from urban to suburban. Truly. You're, well, you're able to like work from home and just like work from your laptop and like social media as well too, right? Oh, the pandemic has been the most blessing in disguise of a situation to happen to me career-wise. Like, this has been an amazing, amazing time for me. I'm so grateful. But as someone who loves being social, that part of it is severely lacking. So. Yeah, I know. Are you still, like, going out to dinner there with your family? Or are you really seeing anyone besides them or no? Not really. We have gone out to dinner in the Hamptons only once this entire time. When I go back to the city, I do go out because I just feel like they have it together more and the tables are separated. But I'm trying to be very uh, mindful and cautious of the high anxiety emotions that are going around in this home. Absolutely. So I don't think seeing many people will help with that. So. Well, also, you know, tensions are running high in the country, which I'm sure you know. We have an election that's pending. Really? Just, <laughs> there you go. She's got it on the screen. Just so you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much you've heard um, about me talking crap about not voting. Just typical millennial talk. Oh, my vote doesn't matter. But I just wanted to let everyone watching and everyone listening know that I did vote. I, was, I wasn't planning on it. But I figured, you know, it's my civic duty. And uh, people, people in the world don't always get to choose who leads their country. So I just had to get that out there before we, we get started. You know what I mean? Did you send in a ballot or how did, you, how did you do it? I did. I submitted an absentee ballot weeks ago. But I think what you just said is such a valid point. That part I agree with is your civic duty. There's so much going on on social media right now of people hating on certain influencers for not saying I voted for this person. Hmm. That's a choice, right? But voting, I think, is your duty. So everyone looks at this differently. And I think it's causing a lot of issues for some people. And everyone's got to take a deep breath. And I know. It, it is wildly close. But hopefully by the time we post this, uh, we'll know who our new president is. Better. Either, either way, we're not, we're, we're bipartisan here. So exactly. either, either, either way. Um, so Sydney, you know, you've been on a number of TV programs, a number of TV channels. If you could just give us a quick background, you know, just cause I briefly mentioned what you do. And, um, I guess after you do that, I, I want to know what the most important part of an outfit is for okay. male and a female, if we can just kick it off that way, go ahead. 
done. So I host fashion segments on air for television shows like Hoda and Jen on the Today Show, E Daily Pop, Inside Edition. And I'm really there to present the top trends in fashion all on a budget under $100. Because I always say that money does not equate to style. You can literally go into uh, the 99 cent store and find a sweatshirt that is dirt cheap, maybe not 99 cents, but you know what my point is. And it doesn't matter that it's not designer. It's about how you style it and how you make it your own. Uh, so that's you know really what I do. I was an editor at the Jelly Front Row for many years, uh, covering the red carpets, like the Met Ball and the Grammys and all that sort of fun stuff. But TV is my passion. It's what I love. It's what I do. Communicating, telling people stories, merging fashion with entertainment. And I really do believe, and that's something I know we'll get into with my book, but that the way that you dress really can affect your mood. And because of the pandemic and how we're living right now, it's so much less about what's cool and how we can all follow what's going on to fit in. It's about doing you. And that's something that I believe is so important, how we can, you know, just be ourselves. But uh, the most important piece for a woman to wear. Sure. I think that's so different for everybody, but I think one thing that's pretty universal, as long as you have your ears pierced, is a great statement earring because it draws the attention to your face. It pops. I like a hoop earring, which I'm wearing today. You look great. Thank you. And for men, I always think that like a great fitting t-shirt. Okay. Just, and you're wearing one, obviously now. Thank you. This is, you know, this is from Uniqlo. So I'm definitely taking some pages out of your book, you know, not spending... I don't even know. Well, the, there's some white shirts that I've even seen, like designer white shirts that are upwards of like $500, like a Balenciaga or something like that. And it's just not worth it. You can get, what, 200 of these shirts for that price. Whenever someone asks me what is, you know, the number one thing that you should not invest your money in, I say clothing. Accessories are different because they last. Clothing goes in and out of style and you can always find something that's for a lot less and still looks great. But I think a t-shirt for a man is key because guys look really great when they layer and you can keep building off of that white t-shirt season after season. All right. Interesting. Great. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned the, uh, the Met Gala and I was reading in your book that you, so you have to get approved for like what you wear to the Met Gala. So like Anna Wintour was totally cool with Kanye wearing the ripped jeans, green contacts and glitter jacket. Like that was fine. Apparently, but I have this weird feeling that Kanye West would show Anna a completely different look than what he actually showed up in. Like if there's anyone who's going to play the system, it's definitely going to be Kanye. Getting invited to the Met Gala is the first thing that's extremely hard to achieve. Then getting your outfit approved, then figuring out who your date is. Every single element of the Met Gala process is crazy and difficult. And who do you think every year um, is like the person to watch? Like who's like either male or female? I think it changes every year. I think Kim is someone, Kim Kardashian, who everyone looks to. I think there are some years that she's come in a little bit overwhelming and played it safe, but seeing when and where someone like Kim is willing to take risks and where you can see that she might be a little intimidated by sort of like the fashion industry pressure to me is interesting. And I think that's why she's always someone to watch, but I'll just never forget this past year, I guess it was two years ago now almost, with Lady Gaga, where she just kept undoing her outfit and another outfit was hidden underneath. She was like the box that just kept on opening. And yeah, I love a jacket, a Lady Gaga in the box. Yes. So I was, I was going to say, I usually look, I look forward to Rihanna's outfits. And you have, you have a little story about Rihanna. I think that's kind of how, um, 
I don't, maybe you made your first big step into the fashion industry after what you, after you went to like Harvard journalism camp for a summer, instead of going to like a normal kids camp. Kind of, kind of talk a little bit about that. I'm very nerdy. I feel like people don't realize that. I think a lot of people look at me and they're like, she's definitely a dumb girl. I didn't even, I didn't even want to say you went to like a nerd camp, but I'm, ha- I'm happy you said it. But yes, totally. I'm super nerdy. Even this week as I'm like posting on my own Instagram about the election, I don't think people expect that of me. Like I went to a political school just because I'm not super vocal about it at times on Instagram. We all choose what we want to put out there. And I think it's fun to be diverse. 100%. But anyways, not the question. I did go to nerd camp. My family thought that I was never going to get into college unless I experienced an overnight program. I was very attached to my family. So the idea of leaving New York made me very uncomfortable. Oh, me too. Like I was the worst at sleepaway camp, by the way, like home calling, calling mom like a weekend, like, come get me. She's like, we're not fucking coming to get you. You've been wanting you to go to sleepaway camp. I am. I am a little bit. I, I hate, I hate being away from like home. For the most See, that's part. why all the girls like you. Come on, that's why. <laughs> that's a, that was, I am a huge mama's boy. But go ahead. Definitely. Uh, so when I went, I had to pick what classes I was going to take, and I read the huge roster that was available to me, and I thought that the journalism one sounded fun. I'd never had experience in journalism in my life, but I thought it sounded something up my alley. So for one of the classes, I came in, and our first assignment was to start a blog. And I was surrounded by all grad students. I was the youngest person in this room at 16. Everyone was at least 10 years older than me. No, did you have to, this particular program, did you just apply and then they kind of let any age group or how did it work? You had to get in. It was like actually really competitive. A lot of kids got rejected that year because the pool of applicants was so large. But once you got into the program, then you could select what category you wanted to focus on in terms of subjects. So that was, it was kind of like my Elle Woods moment, by the way. I felt like I was- You know, like totally, you went to like a Harvard summer camp and then now you're fashionista, for sure, fully Elle Woods. I really felt that way. It was the best experience of my life. I made amazing friends. I, you know, experienced things with guys for the first time because I went to a girl's school my whole life and was very late to that game. Um, But in terms of the blog, I said, if I'm going to start something, I better write about what I know. The one thing I know a lot about is fashion. So I started this blog called Style Solutions in the dorm room that was Mark Zuckerberg's dorm building. Okay. So like this. Oh yeah. You know, you were, t- you were, I, I, I watched your, uh, the TEDx talk and how you were no, talking you about that. Didn't. Go ahead. Of course. I got to do my research here. Okay. That was like before I developed my look. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I was a late bloomer in every element of life. How many, how many years ago was that? Like 10? I got at least 10. Definitely. I think you were, I think you were 16, you mentioned or something. Yeah. So yeah. almost 11 because I'm almost 27. Um, but when I got back to New York, this blog was being so read by all of these kids at Harvard. I was posting my outfits. It was right when blogs were starting out in 2010. And I said to myself, I'm going to keep this relevant once I go back to New York. Nice. But I didn't want to just post my outfits because once I got back to New York, I'd be back in school where I wore a uniform five days a week and that wouldn't be interesting. And my wardrobe was not large at that point because I didn't need a lot of clothes. But I saw an advertisement in the New York Post that Rihanna, your girl, was going to be at Barnes & Noble launching her first book. And I asked my Spanish teacher if she would let me leave class so I could go meet her. And what I really had in mind was how I could meet Rihanna to blow up an article on my blog. So I waited in line for three hours. I was the last person in this line wrapped around Barnes and Noble on Fifth Avenue. And I finally got to her and I said, instead of writing your name on the book, can you please write, uh, you know, your favorite fashion, uh, you know, sort of item 
and Fashion she wrote like it. trend or whatever. Yeah, and she wrote it, and she said that she loved hair accessories, and uh, we all know that she really rocks those now. And I blew that up. I turned that into an article, and from there, I started interviewing all these celebrities for my site, and that was kind of like my first, you know, entry into the business of fashion. So, um, you know, entering the fashion world, was there anything in particular, like an item that really piqued your interest? You know, maybe you'd see your mom carrying a bag that's cool, or maybe you'd see her with some jewelry or something like that. Like what kind of piqued your interest to the point where you didn't really, or you didn't really become a fashionista, I, I guess I'll say, until you were like 16 or 17, if, if that's the correct age? Yeah, I don't think it was an item. I think it was a person and it was my grandma. She was the most beautiful, like, that's where I got the blonde hair from. She just like really had such a distinct sense of style. And, well, and, your, and, your, and your grandfather too, I read too, that he had very nice style, was always wearing the suits and everything. You're so good. Oh my gosh. And you guys, there are no cliff notes on my book. So there really aren't. I actually read the, I actually read the whole thing. I, was, I told Sydney before we got on that I thought it was just going to be a book for women just a fashionista book. I read the forward, which is talking about how Sydney and she loves fashion and everything. And then I really got into it. And, you know, I don't know, this might help me. This might help me with my dating game too. So uh, we'll see. We can help each other on that. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. uh, yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what the question was now. No, I was talking about like, if there was a Gucci bag, oh, that you were like, oh my God, I need to be right. a fashionista. Go ahead. No, I think it was just like growing up in New York, having a grandmother who exposed me to an industry at such a young age, being submersed in the culture of FIT, being in New York. I was taking classes there when I was growing up and just being around the business. It was never just, you know, you know I'm not a designer. So I feel like a lot of designers, their stories are more based on items. But for me, as someone who loved fashion and loved that as a platform of telling stories, I think it was more of just being around the business side of it that inspired me. Right. Cool. So uh, we were just briefly talking about, I guess, getting, um, you know, you and I dates or whatever. So what, do, what does a dating profile look like in 2020? If there's any, anyone listening, what are you looking for in a dating profile for a guy? And what do you think, what do you, think a, a, you know, a female should have in their dating profile? Yeah, I think there's a lot more pressure for women to sort of visually present the best versions of themselves. Especially, think, especially, sorry, especially the oh, first oh. picture, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. that's, that's either like a swipe right or, or an X. Right. And I think for when women, when we're looking at guys and their profiles, if they're almost like too polished, we think something's wrong with them. Why are they trying so hard? So it's very interesting to see how differently men and women think. When I'm looking at a guy's profile, I want to see not a ton of texts where they're writing essays. I hate it when they post pictures of kids and they're like, not my kid. Like, why are you even doing that? If they're not your kids, don't show the kid. Like, it's just misleading. Don't post with lots of friends because then as the girl, we're like trying to figure out for three to five pictures, which one <laughs> is new. And I think, you know, just some like clear pictures of you as the person and, you know, not so much fuss. I think we like guys to be kind of straight forward and how they present themselves. For women, I always suggest a couple things, showing obviously a very clear picture of your face, first right. of all, nothing too filtered. I think, you know, I'm sure as a guy, there's so many men who I hear they'll go on these like dates and the woman looks so different 
from their picture and their bodies. And it's just like, be confident with who you are and show the real you so that there doesn't lead to some sort of awkward confrontation. Totally. You know? Totally. It's like, if you, if you see like a name on a dating profile, you probably want to get the last name of the person, you know, Google always helps Facebook or whatever. But yeah. I think my, my like one go-to where I'm just like, all right, this is not going to work on a dating profile. I think is that if, there are too many pictures of sunglasses because then you don't really know what their eyes look like and there's no smile. That too is messed up. And no friends. So like no friends, um, uh, shades and no smile are really like the, the three. Just because like you don't know what the person looks like. And what about bikini don't pictures? Have friends. Bikini pictures are a little much. I mean, it depends. If it's like a cute one, you're with your girls on the beach, like holding each other over their shoulders. Yeah, it's cute. But like, you could tell when if like a girl's doing yoga in a bikini, I'm like, all right, let's, yeah. let's, let's click X on this one. But I, I agree. agree. It's, 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 you have to show the true version of yourself just cause like, you know, you don't want to waste time. The guy doesn't want to waste time. So like, I, I mean, who are you really fooling at this point? You know no, I feel like throughout the pandemic, I've been single throughout it, um, you know, and I, I <laughs> you should literally see, I'm going to show this so your fans can Let's see. Let's see it. Look how many, look how many hinge wow. requests I have, 273. I don't wait, but that, is that, does that, that means that they like you, that you haven't liked them back or what? Yes, that's what that means. So are you going through it or it's 273 from this morning? They're all, t- no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's like 273 from the last month and I am not interested in any of them not one um wow but you're are you're you want you're on bumble as well too so you have to start the combo like hinge you don't have to right yeah and I really am not good like I just don't really um I view See, I don't know what, I don't know what that means though you're not good like girls will say that all the time oh I hate apps like I'm not no. I'm not good at writing you know like hi. I don't hate apps I just think at this point in my life I appreciate the meet cue in a movie right. when people come together oh, and it's not it's a beautiful just, thing. Right. Yeah. And I've had that a lot in my life and just like the swiping, it gets so uh, just redundant and you don't feel the spark. And I like feeling the spark. I'm a very extreme person and I'm like all in or just, I don't even care. So, um, you know, you talk about a little bit in your book how, like, even on these dating apps or even in real life, men are difficult to pin down. And I'm sit- sitting over here reading the book thinking to myself, well, what about ladies? What about women? What do you think that, um, you know, men and women can come together about in terms of both of them thinking that the other one is difficult? This is like a, this is like a kind of a, um, I guess, a loaded question. But like, how do you think that in 2020, uh, how do you think that dates can really, how can people meet their match easier, I guess is what I mean. I think people just need to be a little bit more vulnerable and not act so guarded. There was one guy, for example, who I was crazy about. Before is that the guy who, who couldn't find like clothes to the event or no? No, but he reached out. They all come back. Yeah, right? That guy yeah. was a weirdo. But anyway, sorry, keep, keep going. He was so weird. He was so gorgeous and like super successful and cool. Well, they, they, see, there's got to be something wrong with him. They don't there make was, him like that. There was something so wrong with him. But this guy before COVID, like, I, I'm someone who's very open. Just because I'm open and I'm, you know, 
firm with my feelings doesn't mean I'm rushing into anything. I think that's a huge misconception that men have about women that we're all like dying to get married. I have a lot going on right now. The last thing I need is a really serious situation, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be real with how I feel if I like someone. Like, I think that should be nice. It shouldn't scare the guy. But so this guy really, honestly, I believe felt that because I was just like, I like you, like you're great. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm great? Like he freaked out or he didn't think- was, Was this an older guy? No, in his 20s, 28. Or he didn't think that we had to like go on an actual date. He tried to just sort of hook up. Like so many things that to me just were signals of him being such a guarded person. And I think a lot of girls and guys- they both do that where they want someone in that relationship is always a little bit more guarded. If everyone just came together and accepted each other and just had fun and didn't read so much into what words mean and just lived, I think relationships would be more successful. Well, I think like you were talking about earlier, like your gram, your grandma and grandfather, just both of them having kind of, you know, a a chic style and not having to text each other all the time when they're like 25, 30 years old, they're just really, going with the flow, going with like the day-to-day vibes. Like I'm sure they didn't meet on a dating app, you know? So it's just like, it's definitely a weird time, especially for like high schoolers and people in college, just like um, meeting people, you know, or meeting people on dating apps. Like how, what's the, what does the second date look like? Are you both going to get COVID tests? It's just like, uh, it's definitely a weird time. Can I tell you, someone who I had on Lunchtime with Sydney, my Instagram live show, who I've had a massive crush on. He's like a celebrity. Hey, shout, shout out your Instagram, by the way. Shout out your Instagram. Oh, hi, guys. My Instagram's at Sydney Sadik, <laughs> my name. But I did this interview with, like, this reality star who I've had the worst crush on for a very long time. And when we did the interview, his fans were going crazy. They were like, you're into her. You're into her. You're flirting with her. And there was- Wait, in the, flying up in the comments with the heart likes? flying Hilarious. I was so embarrassed and I was like my cousins called me after like he's into you he's into you I'm like I whatever right after followed me on Instagram DM me when are you coming to LA I would love to take you out he actually wrote to me that he's coming to New York this weekend this is like then- a modern day romantic you got to come on for part two and let us know how it, how it went I know but I can't go because I'm stuck here in Shit's Creek oh right right well you guys can meet halfway and meet at like exit 50 on the LIE or something uh, yeah, I'll be teaching him with the LIEs. My point is like, <laughs> Just come to the Long Island Expressway. Yeah, but I do think if two people really like each other... Why wouldn't you go to the city? You can And just put on a mask and see him from afar. Go on a walk in a park. It's going to be okay. nice this weekend. Honestly, I see yeah. on social media that he like never wears a mask. And he's coming from... Wait, wait, wait. What do, you mean he never, what do you mean he never wears a mask? him like around he's, with his friends he's not like oh he's not like on instagram like taking pictures of himself without a mask you see I've him never out seen him and about mask. right i've never seen him wear a mask like, with people and i for me that's is like from, a but is he from yeah that's weird that's like a deal breaker is he from a city though yeah yes yes and i so Anti-masker. for me no man is worth getting sick i've been clear this long and it, it'll create a series of events where i'll never want to talk to him again so it's better i keep playing hard hard to get right well what you are you're not gonna see him when he's in the city no i'm not i'm curious what your relation what's going on with you but i feel like I'm not with with me i mean nothing super interesting i've gone on like my fair share of dates um but like nothing like nothing like since march nothing just because like i don't know i mean i'm using dating apps i like occasionally will meet someone 
but nothing nothing that's gone that's going the distance that's what will do it for you what what will do it for you i would say like i i'd say that somebody would have to be pretty similar to me which is like a weird thing to say but um like wanting to go to the gym wanting to hang out with their friends a few days a week living somewhat close to me um and i'd say kind of just let me do my own thing but at the same time like if i get a girl or whatever that i'm super interested in like i would like to hang out with them a lot so that's yeah. like that's also a tough balance you know like when you're so committed on like doing to doing one thing each day or whatever it is like if i like to go to the gym like in the morning you know like before that particular person would wake up or whatever it is so it's kind of just finding um a mesh which i which i have yet to find but We'll see. There are plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. Many girls. There's more girls than guys on this planet. Ask me right. So, okay, I want to talk about Zoom, um, Zoom choices for work. For females, for males, what are, like, are, right now, are you just wearing shorts and you just got the nice top on or you got the whole outfit on? I am so naked below the waist right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm fully in pants. <laughs> I, you know, something like I try to refrain from wearing too many sweatpants because I just think that. And it's a, sorry, it's a, it's a mood thing too. As you said, like wearing sweatpants or whatever, go ahead. Yeah. Like when I'm working and I'm doing my lunchtime, it's like game on, let's be in structured clothes. Let's dress for what we want to achieve. It's now five 30. We're chilling. Like the vibe is different. I'm going to be in my sweatpants. Um, but in terms of zoom, like it's all about how we can present the best versions of ourselves from the waist up. You have your hat on. Like, honestly, <laughs> I feel like very man repellery. I feel like these headbands are such a turnoff to guys. So like, I didn't wear it for you. What is um, that? It's those Lily Sudugi headbands and I'm obsessed with Lily and I love her headbands. But like, I don't think you like really want to look at me with like a crown on my head. Oh, you look, like, you look cute. It's a very, it's very wintry. I don't know who that designer is, but go ahead. She's huge. She's the queen of these headbands. She used to be the head of accessories for uh, J. Crew. So like if I was talking to, you know, a girl, I would probably wear the headband. But um, I think a statement earring always works for girls. I think for guys, you know, like you have your baseball cap on, like I said, like it's just about drawing attention to our faces. And, you know, something at the start of the pandemic, I never wore makeup. I was so depressed. I literally just was devastated. I'm still kind of devastated. But I've learned that when I do my hair and I do my makeup, I feel more like myself. And even though people aren't seeing me and I still wear high heels around my house for my mom and brother, that's what makes me happy. And that's all that really matters. So uh, you mentioned this designer again. What was, what was his or her name? Her name is Lily Sadugi. I, I enjoy a good J. Crew t-shirt, by the way. A, a nice J. Crew crew t-shirt. So um, you mentioned... I think like one, um, one, I guess one person that actually stuck out to me who I know fairly well, just cause like I follow her husband on uh, Instagram, Jesse Itzler is the husband's name, Sarah Blakely. She created Spanx and she's like one of the, like one of the crazier stories I've heard, um, just about like making it in a career. So is she like one of your heroes, would you say? I don't really have heroes. No one has really done what I'm looking to do. I think it's easy to pigeonhole someone like me. Us fashion personalities, we get very labeled by just fashion. Fashion has always been my platform and my first love, but I'm not going to end in fashion, if, that's, if that makes sense. Do you know what you I know mean? No, it does. 
So um, what's so then what so then what's the plan? You know, you know what the pandemic has changed things for me completely. I started this Instagram live show lunchtime with Sydney every day, over 125 episodes to make people feel less alone during their Amazing. most social half an hour of their day. And I brought on a lot of big names. You had Car- you had Carol Baskin, the Tiger King lady, on it. What, what who's who's your fa- who's your favorite guest that you've had on it? I think Carol was just like a big moment because she's so current and I was a huge fan of the show. I've also really enjoyed speaking to the cast of Selling Sunset. I feel like I've had everyone on from there. I enjoy having a mix of people. I have Susie Orman coming on in a couple of weeks, the finance queen. I think hearing a blend of stories from different perspectives, jobs, ages, races, is what makes me feel really fulfilled, being able to have this audience, be able to really get to know these personalities live and in the moment and to engage by asking their questions. Um, I'm looking at like my calendar on the floor with all of the names we've been on. It's also just like a different time too, because like you have access to people just on your computer, you know, like you don't have to have somebody coming in to your apartment or whatever it is every week. Completely. And it's also cool because we're seeing the backdrops to these different people's uh, lives. And that can tell you also a lot. But yeah, Mae Musk has been really cool having her on. Candace Cameron Bray from Fuller House. Steve Madden. I mean, everyone has just been such a pleasure, honestly. But I'm really enjoying this moment of being able to tell these stories, to host my show. Um, and hopefully I'm able to expand on that in a big way, but to always keep that fashion component. Like every week I have a brand giveaway and that's my way of keeping things tied into fashion. Like I do believe that fashion is an amazing thing and it's just, you know, sort of like the, the core of what I do, but it, there's so much more where it expands from there. So would you think that the core of fashion is potentially confidence you know, yeah. you say like you can go to like a 99 cent store and get any outfit you want or not 99 cents, but you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Confidence is the one accessory that never goes out of style. Honestly, I think there's nothing sexier. I think when a guy's confident, if there's nothing more attractive, I think guys would say, actually, I don't think all guys find confidence sexy from women. I think that it can be a little much. Right. But um, I or think- intimidating, not maybe not much, but intimidating for sure. Yeah. But I think confidence is a great thing when you feel it you show it and you get it so i want to discuss more a little bit about your book you discuss everything from packing clothes for trips to you know zoom appropriate attire is there anything in particular that you would like the reader to come away with um from aim high you know like because you talk about your whole journey basically till um you know through covid and to now so is there anything in particular that you want people to latch on to I mean, two things. I think something that a lot of people will relate to is the story and the book where I talk about how I gained a lot of weight in college. Right, right. I gained 30 pounds. I never knew that the freshman 30 was possible. I only thought it was the freshman 15. But did you only, did you only recognize this when your friend had told you that like, oh, you're putting on some weight? Like, did it, or did it take you to notice it? I noticed it first. I just thought that I was like severely bloated from my period. I was like, the periods go away after a couple of yeah. weeks. Mine's, maybe it's just here, but I'm not, I'm getting TMI. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was like the period that never went away. But, you know, not literally, figuratively. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. But I noticed it. I just remember after rushing for my sorority, 
I went and put on this one pair of jeans and they just wouldn't close, like legitimately would not close and no exaggeration. Um, and I was just like, that's when I started thinking I just had this really bad period. And then finally I went home and my friend and I went to the dressing room and I was just like, tell me what's happening. Like, is this a menstrual situation or is this like an I gain weight situation? She goes, you gain weight. And I was really grateful that she was honestly honest with me because I hate people who bullshit me. And my mom- would That's also say, a tough thing to tell your friend. Tough. I mean, but like if, you're, if your friend, like I, I guess like asks, um, I, I guess her. that's, that's what, what'd you say? I begged her. <laughs> right. You were like, come on, tell me, come on, tell me. Like, I think like, in, if somebody goes out, like saying it without somebody asking it is definitely awkward. But I feel like if you ask someone and they tell you, like, that's a good friend, you know? Yeah. I and mean, my mom would never tell me still to the station. She's right. talking 30 pounds. Like, mom, we all know I gained 30 pounds. Like everyone knows. So like, why are we still hiding it? I did. <laughs> and so I just remember there was like a long, a long period of time where I just like, kept thinking to myself, when is it going to go away? And when am I going to get back to normal? And I always knew that you're not going to have the same body at 25 that you had when you were 15. But I think as someone who never had to worry about what she ate, that was a huge contrast for me. And it made me very uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people, men and women right now, have gained weight throughout the pandemic. And they might feel like their confidence has been taken away. But I think the key in what I did at that point is it, it took me like, three to four years to really get to my best shape of my life. But it's just about living a healthy lifestyle and finding a sense of routine. But even to this day, you have no idea how much shit I get from girls who accidentally DM me saying that I have a fupa. Wait, accidentally DM you? How do you mean? Yeah, because they're like, you know when, this must be like just a girl thing. Oh, fu- when you send it to somebody else or something and then you send it to them. That's so fucked up. A combination of people who I know and people who I don't know and the degree. Haters. Of, yeah, comments are unbelievable. And like, it'll be in response to me in a bikini where like, I think I'm fit, but whatever. Like, it's besides the point. So girls shame each other for their bodies. And even now at the place where I'm even skinnier than I was before I went to college and I'm strong, it still happens. Well, I mean, like you said, you got to keep confidence as number one. Yeah. No, I don't even care anymore. I'm like, fine, call me fat. No, but I mean, that, I mean, that happens all over the internet. So I, on episode 42, I interviewed um, Zach Tyler Eisen, who's like the voice of Aang on the Netflix show, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It was a video I sent you. And uh, I didn't think the video was going to blow up that big. There, there are like thousands of comments. And when he came over, I just wanted to talk about life. I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, how he was living now and he wasn't doing any TV and the people who watch Avatar were like, were livid with me, like saying the meanest shit. But then I, I was just taking everything to heart and being like, okay, maybe next, because we're doing a part two, um, like crazy. next next week. Yeah. So I watched the entire series. So I'll definitely have more information for those diehard Avatar fans. But just in general, reading it and then just like listening to some if they were, if it was constructive criticism and then some of the other mean shit, you know, you just got to let it fly out the window. You really do. I think it has to go in one year at the other. And listen, girls are mean. Not just the way things. There's a whole movie about that. Mean girls. Mean girls, duh. But like, (laughs) there are some real bullies out there. And I really encourage women to be nicer to each other because the viciousness is so 
gross and I don't approve at all. I think people, if, if someone's putting so much hate out into the That's universe- they and feel they inside out, too, right? right? That's like, I mean, their passion is to like hate on someone who's like, doing amazingly that's it's it's not cool it, it it's got to change and we're in 2020 and you know hopefully um 2021 will uh show a lot of love to our nation but um i was just about to ask you another specific question about the book but anyway yeah. keep can you can you keep talking about another part of another part of your book yeah i you think enjoyed? go ahead i think you know I really just, you mentioned my grandparents. And I think in addition to like the practical tips, the book is full with so much anecdotal stories that are very unfiltered. And the last thing I wanted for this book, writing it at 26 was to come off like I've done it all. Like how I'm long did that part. take you by the, how long did it take you to write the book? Two years. Two years. A while. And I think it's just like trying to say, you know, I'm on my journey right now. And I think when you read books, you automatically assume that the person has done everything in their life because that's when most people come out with books. Right. My point was to come out with something that would help the person who's on their journey. Totally. And that's something that was really important. And I think through the stories of my family and just my experiences as a whole, will show that. And I hope people relate to that because, you know, I think when you talk to some of the most successful people in the world, they'll tell you that the journey is even more exciting than the outcome. And I get such a high off of like chasing my dreams and just checking wow. off that thing on my that's like a, That's a true blessing. Cause like a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people do need to hear that. And you know, for a lot of people, I think people just want to get there. You know, they want to, they want the five years of work or seven years of work just to go in a blip and then they want to get there. But then no, at the I've been time when they're there, you know, they wish that they had appreciated the journey. This is what I've heard countless times. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. So when someone's like, oh my God, it hasn't been that long. I'm like, you just haven't known of me that long. I've been doing this since I was a child and I'm nowhere near done with what I want to do. I, this is the thing about me. I have zero ego, zero. I am not arrogant. I don't have an ego and I don't think that I'm better than anybody. And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of think about themselves and it gets in the way with the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So what's, what's, um, what's next for you? Like what's, what's coming up on the, um, on the lunchtime, uh, Instagram live, what, anything super exciting that you want to tell, uh, Ted Jones world fans here? Well, we have a lot of exciting guests who are coming on for the rest of the year. I'm going to be hosting a virtual book club for Aim High in a couple of weeks, which is nice. going to be a very fun evening. I'm really trying to promote this whole virtual um, sort of experience because the COVID cases, we're at 100,000 cases a day right now. Oh my God, yeah. It's really devastating. And I just want people to like, it's very hard as millennials to understand that it takes time for things to get better. We all just have to like deal with it because if everyone keeps going out and not wearing masks, we're gonna be in our houses forever. So I'm really trying to encourage that through what I'm doing. But on the Today Show in a couple of weeks, I am doing a lot of speaking engagements for the next month. And I'm just excited to grow lunchtime with Sydney. I have so much fun doing it. As much as I do it for everyone else, I do it for myself too, selfishly, because I feel less alone. But uh, I hope I, other books come out. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I don't want to give too much. 
So do you, uh, you know, for each guest, do you have like a specific topic point that you kind of go from or do you guys just like talk? I like definitely kind of think in my head what I want to talk about, but I try to keep it very organic and authentic. I don't try to make it so structured, you know, and I think the people who are best at what they do, they make it look so easy. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just about like gaining the comfortability. And I, after speaking to over 125 people since March, it's just very natural. And I don't feel as uh, inclined to be so structured, you know? Right. Like it's just for the most part off the cup. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, right. Off the cup. Right. Sydney, thank you so much for joining us on episode 62 of the Ted Jones World Podcast. And you have to check out Lunchtime with Sydney. What time is that? That's, so that starts every day, like at one o'clock every day. What time? 1230 p.m. 1230, 1230 at Sydney Sadik's Instagram. Any, any other handles that we need to know about? Any other websites of yours? SydneySadik.com or what? Yeah, and uh, Aim High is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all of your bookstores. <laughs> it's a good it's a good book i'm telling you guys all right thank you so much for tuning in sydney thank you so much this was wonderful and um we'll hopefully see you in person pretty soon i know come take a walk okay absolutely thank you Sid. With the wrong melon farmers ted jones i also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world ted jones who knows you know it could be ted jones the ted jones world podcast